you're listening to the Fantasy 40 Podcast with Andrew Burke, John Debari, and Matt Walker. Yahoo! Welcome back. We are back with another edition of the Fantasy 40 Podcast with myself, John Debari, my co-host, Mr. Matt Walker, and as always, brought to you by our friends over at Expand the Box Score. So, we are recording this Monday afternoon. We are getting some uh, leaks and info and teasers about some of the uh, NFL tampering that's going on right now. But today, we are mainly going to talk about our rookie rankings uh, that we have adjusted a bit following the NFL Combine. But I think you wanted to talk a little about any of the breaking news that came out earlier today on Monday with tampering and free agency and all that. So, Walk, how are you, and where do you want to start with the free agency? Yeah, I'm doing fantastic, Johnny. Yeah, we're in legal tampering, greatest term ever coined. Um, but it would be remiss if we didn't start off with the trade that actually went down prior to True story. Between the Carolina Panthers and Chicago Bears. What was your quick assessment of that trade? Uh, good for the Bears, number one. And number two, I think C.J. Stroud is completely locked in as the 101 for, for real football. Yeah, for the draft. I uh, I am in lockstep with you on that, and now it's coming out that the, the Panthers are willing to trade the 101 as well because they like multiple quarterbacks to try and recoup some of their draft capital, but they had to get up there in order to potentially move down, which I find is strange because I don't see the Texas Texans dealing with them. And honestly, the Cardinals are at three who would just as likely trade out probably for less of a haul than the one one would take. I just, I don't know how the Panthers move if that's indeed what they want to do, or unless they're just trying to create some sort of smoke screen, but they're at the one one So what does it matter? It's a little confusing their approach right now, but <clears throat> I think polls did a great job in not only getting DJ Moore, he did go down to nine. So he kind of got out of that sweet spot that everyone was talking about, about trying to get like one of those like stud defensive players, like the Will Andersons that are Jalen Carter's. So now he's down there's at nine. a world Carter <laughs> still falls to them. There is, you know, and now Unlikely, you're risk- yeah, now you're risk rewarding. I mean, it's, um, you know, the dude's got some off the field concerns. You know, then another video uh, pop that he got caught for speeding again while he was in Georgia. And, you know, for some reason, the idiot cop had to, his uh, body cam on and told him, like, I'm not going to arrest you because you know what that would mean. Like, there's like, too much. He said something stupid, like too much. Of I'm like, dude, your body cam's on, you idiot. Um, that struck me as extremely odd that he went down that path. But <clears throat> it's uh, going to be interesting to see who they get at nine. Um, but they get a second. They got a future first. They get DJ Moore out of it, and then I think they get like a 25 second as well. So Poles is doing the right thing. They didn't need 101. I didn't think – I'm sure he didn't want to go down to nine, but we, after we what he kinda, got. We kind of talked about this a little bit before about, you know, going down to four and maybe trading out of four. Now if they're out of that sweepstakes, right, for, for those top defensive guys, all the quarterbacks we, we think will be going at nine – there's a world where they, you know, like you said, they missed this top group here. There's, I wouldn't be shocked to see a move back from nine either. Oh, now we're at nine. You want to give me your next year's first and, you know, whatever. Move back to fucking making up a number, obviously. But want to, want, we'll move down to 31 and give us your first next year. And then they're just 
loaded for, for bear over the next two drafts. You know what I mean? It's not, yeah. I think, I think they're going to move down again. I could see it too. I forget what podcast I was listening to, but they suggested the same that even if it's just a move back into like the teens where they could yeah. still target like defensive back where, you know, one of these top guys will still be available and they have a tremendous need at D back that they could still move back again, acquire additional draft capital and still get, you know, a Christian Gonzalez type, a Kaylee Ringo or Joe, you know, Joey Porter Jr. or something like that in the teens. Um, wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. And after Ryan Poles made that horrific trade to get Chase Claypool for what is in essence the last pick of the first round um, yeah. this year, I had my concerns over his capacity. And I didn't, I wasn't really holding my breath that he was going to make, be able to make two different trades to move down to get to here and acquire all that capital. But he, he pulled it off in one because DJ Moore is the equivalent of a first round guy, young stud wide receiver to pair with your quarterback moving down to nine to keep in the top 10 of this draft, getting the future first. Like he, it was, a, it was a great trade for the bears. I think it's too much for the Colts to be given up, but I think they're in the, we're tired of renting yeah. quarterbacks game. So we're going all in. Cause I know Ballard knows he doesn't have a lot of time left. If Panthers. he doesn't get this figured out. So Panthers, not Colts. Huh? The Colts. Ah, what am I doing? Oh, because I'm thinking of Frank Reich. <laughs> Disregard everything I just said. So I guess, uh, what's his name? David Tepper's not playing around. I don't know why I was thinking of Colts. Um, the, the problem I have with it from the Panthers' point of view, it's not. I don't think they gave up too much. If they like a guy and they think he's a franchise quarterback to build a team around, this is the way to do it. However... <laughs> You don't have any – you got rid of your firsts. You got rid of your best receiver. Th this guy, who we're assuming is C.J. Stroud, is not going to have shit to throw to. Like, it's almost it's almost the Bears situation from last year, right? Like, you have a quarterback that you really like. Your wide receivers are dog shit. You don't have much of a running game. They have a good defense, but they're – you know, I, I, I don't know – depending on what they do in free agency, obviously, but it sure seems like they're setting up CJ Stroud for failure. Yeah. To your point. I mean, Terrace Marshall is their wide receiver one right now. You know, they do still have a second round pick in this draft because they had two, so they could get someone, but not, not a high end guy. They don't have a first next year to even invest in the position. Yeah. The free agent wide receiver class stinks. What are you going to go get Jacoby Myers? And that's going to be like a, a difference maker for your team. It's, that's I mean, why I think it was the, it was too much. Um, if they got the top three, let's say they had money and they signed the top three, arguably <laughs> free agents, they're coming out of this with Juju, Jacoby Myers, and DJ Chark, which isn't awful. But I mean, do, do you want that to be your trio while you're <laughs> trying to get Stroud to take the next step in the NFL? Yeah, Oof, no, that's that's not what you want. I mean, all serviceable guys, different skill sets. It does kind of make sense a little bit, um, but you're not getting all three either. So maybe you get one and you add him with Terrace Marshall and LaVisca Chenault with Shy Smith. But, you know, you don't have any tight ends. You don't have any running backs. It's <clears throat> yeah, it's not it's not the start you want if you're uh, presumably CJ Stroud in the going to Carolina Panthers. But off of them, we'll do a few other things. Robert Woods signed a two-year $15.25 million deal with the Texans, which I thought was interesting. I I feel like Robert Woods is cooked. Going to Houston all but kind of leads me to believe he knows that as well because he wasn't going to get signed by any contender, so go find some money. And 
Houston needs capable pass catchers, assuming that Brandon Cooks doesn't want to play for him anymore. That and whatever quarterback they bring in, have a veteran like Robert Woods, kind of makes sense to me if they sign like a Bryce Young or they draft Bryce Young at two to have someone respectable in the passing in the wide receiver room. Yeah, I like it for real football. It's it's a non needle mover for fantasy, like like you said. A nice experience, veteran presence. Assuming it's Bryce Young back there, that's good for him. Uh, assuming that that second first round pick Houston has, you're going to take a receiver. Good for that guy to get some mentorship from from Woods. So I like it for real football. Not it's nothing for fantasy. Yeah. Uh, very similar mindsets. We'll jump to uh, the Denver Broncos signing Jared Stidham to a two-year, $10 million contract. How soon until he takes Russ's job? <laughs> Can we talk about the flip side impact of that, which is the Raiders literally don't have a quarterback now. Nothing. Uh, we're we're going to address that too, John. But the Broncos also went and signed Ben Powers and Mike McGlinchey. So they're, they're, they're bringing in some reinforcements to that offense. Speaking of the Raiders... They are signing Jimmy Garoppolo to a three-year, sixty-seven point oh, five million just dollar now? deal. With just now, thirty-four. Yeah, with thirty-four million guaranteed. Well, I, I rescind <laughs> my previous statement then. Yeah, I mean that was that was the dots connected of all times, right? With Josh McDaniels wanting his guy in Jimmy Garoppolo. So, yeah, three-year, sixty-seven million dollar deal, thirty-four million guaranteed. So. A lot less than they would have paid Derek Carr if they kept him around. So they're getting more better the position and getting they, a quarterback that they want. Are they better at the position? <clears throat> they're not worse. And they're they're paying a fraction of the So ball. it's lateral and cheaper. And I like Jimmy G. It's just, you know. He's he's fine for the team. I mean, he's not gonna hurt that offense. Um some of those skill position players. Jimmy G will will keep Devontae Adams flying. Uh, uh, what's his name? Darren Waller if he's around. Hunter Renfro, and then obviously my man Josh Jacobs. It's it's good for them. You know Jimmy G's uh, win loss record is as a starter. Is it sixty nine and sixty nine? Be sweet, but no forty and seventeen. Good for him. Yeah, he's a winner. He wins games. What a career! Yeah, no, he he doesn't lose games. That's what he does. Correct. He's a, he's the definition of a game manager. I mean, that's that's what he is. He protects the ball. He, you know, he keeps it offense on schedule. He's not, yeah, he's not going to win the game for you, but he probably won't lose it either. All right, John U. Smith traded to the Atlanta Falcons. Is what? Kyle Pitts dead? Where you been, John? <laughs> I, I was, I was just listening to a bunch of shit on the radio this morning. I didn't hear any of this. This yep. is fascinating to me. Yep, for the seventh round pick, two hundred forty fifth overall. So they're just the Patriots wanted to shed that contract. Is Janu the tight end, and are they going to put <laughs> Pitts in the big slot? No, they're going to—they're both going to be on the field a lot together. I actually like it for Janu <laughs> more than yeah. anybody else. Me too. Well, I don't know. He fucking landed flat on his face after we were all excited up in New England. So uh, that was I got his fault. I gotta see Matt Patricia first. coordinating the offense. Well, what do you think was going to happen? All right. You, you right, win Matt, this round. And then there's a, you know, that's stuff consequence. Jalen Ramsey getting traded, we all know about at this point in time. But those are the, the big name offensive skill position players that have moved around. A couple IDP moves as well. But that's uh, that's all we got on the, the free agency front right now in the legal tampering. So why not talk about these rookies who are going to fill a bunch of these voids as well? 
yeah, uh, where, where, which position you want to get started with? And um, yeah, we we got our spreadsheet here of everything. So yeah, I mean, let's just we'll uh, we'll start with quarterback again. We were just talking about Stroud for a while in that trade up to to one hundred and one. So why don't we we'll walk down our list again? Which it's uh, pretty uh, pretty interesting changes uh, that have occurred with, with the combine. You and I are extremely fluid in our approach to these rankings, not pretending that we are the end all be all before we start getting these metrics and then draft capital. So we, we remain fluid in our approach. That fluidity has led to a change atop the quarterback rankings for you. Yeah. And, and I, and I've talked about this a bunch to you privately, and I've mentioned it a couple of times here. I just can't look, you know, every year I kind of do rankings and when, my drafts differently. Some years I, I play it a little more safe and I don't want to, you know, take the guys with the higher floors. I'm, I'm pivoting more higher ceiling. So that's why I went and made Anthony Richardson QB one now. Uh, just that, the, you know, the upside he's going to bring with his legs. If he can even be middle of the pack as a passer, he should be in the, QB one conversation as soon as he gets on the field, not overall top 12. I mean, so <laughs> just, just that upside, even if he does sit for a year. Um, so I had to make him number one. Hard to argue after he literally broke the combine uh, a week ago with his athletic test and then he threw the ball very well um, uh, on top of it. So you went post combine, Anthony Richardson, CJ Stroud, Will Levis, Bryce Young, Hendon Hooker for your top five. I still have Stroud at the top spot for me and firmly believe he's going to be the first quarterback taken. I do think he's pro ready. Anthony Richardson is my two, but he was my two uh, pre combine as well. Then Bryce Young, Will Levis, Hendon Hooker. So nothing changed for me. All five still in the exact same spots they were before. For you, Will Levis even leapfrogged, leapfrogged, leapt, whatever, Bryce Young in your rankings. Bryce Young dropped from two to four for you, and Will Levis jumped up in your three spot. So a pretty significant fall for for little big Bryce Young. Yeah, so Levis looked good throwing the ball, which we knew he would. Um, He's presumably going to go to Indy at four, which I don't hate at all for him. Young, I don't care for the theoretical landing spots with the Texans. Not even thrown at the combine is a red flag. I get he was probably, you know, in football terms, fat as shit just to get his weight up for the combine. So he wasn't going to do any of the running stuff, which I I understood. But, you know, kind of just what have you done for me lately? Out of sight, out of mind. He, He didn't participate. So that combined with his size and and we've talked about that a, a bit. And so everybody, you know, what was he? 204 at the combine? Yes. <clears throat> Nonsensical. You know, he's probably closer to 196. So he's with the exception of Russell Wilson, who's been incredible at not taking big hits. Most of these smaller guys we have seen, get banged up repeatedly at the quarterback position. I've heard people on the radio say, oh, well, you know, the NFL does everything they can to protect quarterbacks. So when's he even going to get a hit? Talk to, uh, you know, the kid in Arizona, even Drew Brees, you know, don't forget he tore his fucking shoulder up. And, you know, that was the reason he ended up leaving the Chargers. There's 
pretty good history of these smaller guys getting bashed. And he's not like a, he's not a burner. So all of his negatives went into consideration here. I, I do think he's potentially the most pro ready of the group, but I, I'm just not going to overlook <clears throat> the size concerns and the landing spot potentially in Houston. Yeah, it's a, it's a concern. Um, I just, I weigh everything you just said, which is a ton of value against everything I saw with them in college in the SEC. And I'm like, if I believe someone can do it, <laughs> be bright. Sure. Um, yeah. Just looks the part. Um, few do overcome five, 10 and an eighth, but you know, like you said, 204. Yeah. He's, he's like 195 pounds. Maybe um, I'd be shocked if he's probably closer to 190. Um, sure. And he spent the last Two months, literally, just packing on the weight, so he can crack that two hundred pound threshold, and then do nothing at the combine because he would have looked like a fat slob donut. <laughs> so it's it, I just don't understand like the logic behind that, where everyone knows it's fake weight. It's just he had to check that box. It's it's weird to me. Um, but Will Levis has a higher upside than Bryce Young. There's, it's, I I don't dispute sure. that, but he also I believe has a lower floor. So. After I get past the top two, I'm willing to, you know, I'm willing to take the shot at upside with Anthony Richardson. But then I kind of pivot back to, you know, a, a safer product in Bryce Young over Will Levis. But I don't think there's a lot to see here. Those top five are those top five. Um, you went and continued to rank after that, and I opted not to because I think the rest of these quarterbacks just stink. Uh, to be totally honest, we won't ever have any super flex value. You did go Stetson Bennett, Jake Henner, Max Duggan, Jerron Hall, Tanner McKee. I do believe they all get drafted. Um, even guys under them, like the Clayton Tunes of the world, and maybe even Malik Cunningham and all. I just, I, I just don't ever see there being any reason other than, and I think you said this on the latest pod, that if you have a starter on a team in a super flex and one of these guys gets drafted, then sure, I'll use a fourth-round pick to potentially get the backup to my starter that he might have to start a game or two if if the dude gets injured. I just don't believe there's any long-term viability in any of those guys. I saw one NFL mock that had one interesting landing spot amongst all these guys. Well, two, actually. Uh, one was Stetson Bennett in the seventh round to the Falcons, which there, there's a world where he could get on the field if uh, our boy from Cincinnati falls on his face. What's his name? Ritter. Yeah, so I, I didn't hate that spot. And he's got, you know, playing with the Falcons, got the Georgia connection. I And I could see where, like, the team and fans would get behind him and kind of could be a thing. So I was like, that's interesting. And then the other one I saw was uh, Max Duggan to the Chiefs, which obviously he's never supplanting Patrick Mahomes, but kind of that we've seen a shit ton of, Andy Reid backups eventually get a starting job when they leave that system. So just, you know, Duggan's got, for for lack of a better comp, I mean, TCU got the the, the beautiful red locks going there, kind of like Andy Dalton. I could see him getting getting you know his legs under him and with the Andy Reid system pops here and there, and then ends up being a starter someplace else, but. Again, we're just really spitballing craziness at this point. Yeah, I mean, anything's possible, right? These mock drafts are as good as the paper they're written on. But I saw Stetson Bennett that 
he's likely going early day three. So he's not going to be there in the seventh round. And I heard the Ravens for Stetson Bennett. And if uh, Lamar doesn't want to play for him, then you can get uh, a seasoned vet like Stetson Bennett to get right in there and uh, log some snaps because they don't even have Tyler Huntley under contract. So that would be far more appealing to me than even the Falcons in the seventh round. But I do not believe that it happens. We went QB to tight end last time. Let's just do it again this time because it's getting – I really like the tight end position this year, but there's just not a lot to talk about. I mean, some tremendous combine RAS scores by some of these guys that have made their way um, kind of onto a lot of people's radar. So post-combine, I stayed with Mayor Musgrave, Kincaid, Washington in my top four. You, my friend, jumped Darnell Washington, the freak of all freaks, up to one, Musgrave, Mayor, Kincaid. So still the same top four, but you took my tight end four and put them all the way up at tight end one and uh, have to assume that was just on the freakish athleticism of this six foot seven, 270 pound human being. Absolutely. And and I, <laughs> I've said it before. I mean, even, even if he stinks as an NFL tight end right out the gate, which a lot of these rookies do and he's, you know, takes three or four years to develop. He's got to be, from day one, one of the most horrific red zone matchups in the league. Giant man, super athletic for his size. Good luck with your nickel corner having to cover him or, or you know, one of your, your off-the-ball linebackers. I just – there's a world where he is a year in, year out. Even if he doesn't get a, a shit ton of work overall, volume-wise, he, he can be flirting in the eight to nine – touchdown range every single year yeah i mean you go on uh kentley platt's uh raz score and just uh, put him up against rob gronkowski it's eerie how they uh they compare it to one another and washington is a plus blocker which gronk also was which is why he never left the field so if he can develop yeah. as a ass catcher having that trump card is is huge um i don't deny it there's draft capital is going to go a long way into finalizing my tight end ranks i just believe michael mayer is super pro ready um he didn't do anything to disappoint the combine wasn't as athletic but i didn't expect him to be um which is why he wasn't going to move for me and then the only switch that really happened is i put musgrave above kincaid but kincaid didn't even test which is the only reason that really happens musgrave had a, a fantastic combine so more to come on that. I mean, Darnell Washington probably could get to my tight end two. I don't know that he'll ever get up to, to one for me. But beyond them, you have- I couldn't believe – let me trash Meyer for a minute here. I can't believe more people aren't talking about his combine. I mean, in a vacuum compared to every tight end in history, it wasn't terrible. And this was a pretty athletic group. But this – he wasn't – he wasn't top ten in any – drills so to me i i mean the production is on the field there they they do these measurables for a reason and i do i think i mean i don't think he's gonna suck he's still number three i think i have him in my top 24 ish in my overall rankings but i just was not blown away on a day where other guys blew me away yeah and i don't i don't dispute that it this was a poor year 
for him to go to the combine, right? Because yeah. there was some absolute monsters that that came out this past year. Um, I mean, he still had a Raz over eight. I mean, that's still reasonable. You know, ran a four seven flat. He's smaller than some of these guys, which worked against him, and his explosions weren't really that good. But you know, that's the player I saw on tape. I just, I just believe he's he's probably he's a day one starter to me in the NFL. So I want my production as soon as possible um, with, with mayor. So I don't disagree with you is, you know, he didn't do you separate like him, himself, but do you like him, but who was the number one last year? The kid from Colorado, Trey McBride. Do you like him better than McBride? <laughs> I do level of competition. Okay, I don't in to for that. Um, for me, I think the tight end class was terrible last year. Um, by and large, this, this class is going to blow it out of order to, <laughs> my tight end four in this class is, <laughs> might be above the tight end one from a year ago. Um, this is a, this is really a big four this year. So in tight end premium leagues, these guys are going to go. What do you assume? Middle of the second round, they're all gone. Uh, it's gonna. It's I mean, it's certainly possible. I think there's. I, I mean, there are, you know, landing spot implications here that some of these guys might get buried, but. Um, no, all all four of those guys are getting drafted by round two in the NFL draft. All of them. 100%. Yeah. I think. And so we're talking uh, draft capital. I think three of them could get drafted. All four could get drafted in the first round. I wouldn't be surprised. This is a bad wide receiver class, which I think is going to push them down a little bit. So these type of guys, I think, might get pushed up. Not a good run. I mean, it's a deep running back class, but not high end. Um, you know, so I think those guys are going to go later. So it'll be uncertainty with them. I just, I feel like, you know, Oh, the four guys we just talked about definitely by you know in a twelve team league. What are we talking about? Pick eighteen. They're all gone. I think we. I think we have our, we have the same top seven. I think all seven of these guys are going to be fantasy productive when we look back at this in five ten years. These guys are all going to be names that you're drafting still. Yeah, and those other three are, are Tucker Craft, Sam Laporta, who we both like. Just another, I you know, just death taxes and Iowa tight ends. You know, a guy who could be productive, and then out of nowhere, although he was on my list before the combine, Zach Kuntz, who had a perfect Raz combine at 10, 10 Raz was unbelievable. This kid was a Penn State product who couldn't do shit at Happy Valley. Transferred to Old Dominion. Didn't play a lot, is the unfortunateness, but I'm going to bank on athleticism. And this kid is 6'8", 251. He is taller than Darnell Washington. Is. Yep. So I will, uh, I, will, I will throw darts at that any Sunday when it comes to these tight ends. So, yeah, he, he's easily above and probably the, the end of the line for, uh, for tight ends. Under him, there's just no one sexy. Luke Shoemaker had a decent combine. Will Mallory disappointed. The rest of these guys. I don't dislike these them. guys, though. I don't dislike I mean, them, but I, in the yeah, in the right not, spot, I, there's a path to success for a, a lot. I mean, I can say that about anybody in life, I suppose. <laughs> but, but I, I, I mean, I, I relative to you know where we have them in the ranking and and where you would have to draft them and where they're going to go in the NFL draft. I like Shoemaker. I like Mallory. I like Wiley. I like. Davis, I really like Davis Allen. I think I'm probably too low on him at 11. I don't think you even have him in your rankings, but I do not. Yeah, I, I, these guys are all okay if they land in the in the correct spot. Like, 
if, if Davis Allen goes to uh, Dallas, I would love. I'd be like, I'd be very interested. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not opposed. I mean, listen, I'll, I'll take the dart on my guy Jaleel Billingsley over some of those guys that, that you mentioned. But <laughs> I don't know how long he is for the the tight end position. Six four two twenty. Yeah, he's more of that big slot wide receiver than he is a tight end. But technically, he qualifies as a tight end, so might be might be a cheat code. But yeah, I mean, landing spot's going to dictate a lot of those guys. But I just don't think they have the upside. And there's so many good guys. We just one through seven. You don't mention seven tight ends in a rookie class. You know that have you know you know that will get significant draft capital, and that should be drafted within the top two rounds of your rookie draft. And that's just. That's unheard of. There's usually one or two tight ends a year that really anyone gives a shit about. And then there's like some sleeper guys that but see, know, I don't, I think a lot of people just don't give a shit because it's a position. I think in leagues where you and I are together, we're, we're going to artificially inflate this in our drafts. But yeah, I, most people, I don't think, I, I don't think beyond Meyer, they're even on people's radar. Really? Yeah, I mean, you know, people are catching up at the combine. I don't disagree, but yeah, I mean, in tight end premium league, sure, I'm using all my fourth round picks on tight ends. I'm just <laughs> throwing tight end after tight end after tight end after tight end. Yeah, I mean, if you came out of it, if you if you went Laporta, Shoemaker, and and whatever, we'll just go to Cameron Latu. One of those three will be productive. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll we'll be worth it. Yeah, and you're going to use any any group of three. Of yeah. Yeah. And it's probably going to be Laporta. <laughs> well, yeah. All right. So easy off of that. Now we're going to go to a position that has experienced some volatility for, for the two of us. And it is the running back position. There was a lot of disappointments, I think, suffice to say, at the combine. Didn't change the top for us. One and two and three. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't have yours. Let me let me pull over a little bit more. I don't want to speak for you because I don't can't see where your pre-combine was. All right. Yeah, so there was a little bit of movement for you, but it was still a Zach. That's what threw me off. Bijan still one. Jameer Gibbs is still two. Jack has, there, has, there ever been, has there ever been a more locked in one and two? No. I, no, I, I can't I, remember a two for sure. And consider me unconcerned about 5'9", 199 Jameer Gibbs. Nope. Um, not at all. This is the new NFL. <laughs> he's going to get the touches necessary. He's going to thrive in the passing game. I don't care if he's eight to 10 carries a game. He's, he's going to see five or six targets as well. Uh, modern NFL. He is locked and loaded still as my running back two in the class. You move Charbonnet up from four to three. I kept Charbonnet at three. He didn't do anything to hurt his stock um, nope. at the combine. Zach Evans dropped to four for you. Zach Evans is at seven for me, which isn't a huge departure. I had him at six, but down to seven. What caused you to keep Zach Evans at four post-combine? I, you know, the, unfortunately, I am contradicting myself what I said with Bryce Young. But, I mean, you didn't see him. He's uh, got a terrible haircut. But uh, I, I just liked it. You know, I liked his tape prior to this. So kind of the same story you gave for Bryce Young here. I just liked him enough before, uh, you know, he, he's injured, right? That's why I didn't do anything. So Correct. I'm not going to hold the injury against him. Unlike Young, who just chose not to do it, even though we know why. 
So for me, I still like him. I, if I bumped him down, I could possibly put him at as low as six. But until he disappoints me in some way, I'm going to have to keep him up there. I like him. Okay. Well, this, the one thing he did do at the combine was weigh in. And at 5'11", 202 pounds, that was not the running back that I expected him to be. So if for not participating, I do think it's a little light in the britches given his skill set, which is what concerned me. It's concerned me enough to drop him one whole slot from my RB6 to my RB7. But you know, I did like him at Ole Miss. Um, so hard to argue there. Tajay Spears was already your number five. You were already all in before he even got to the combine. So he stayed there. I'm surprised that Tajay Spears didn't jump Zach Evans for you could. personally. It's going to happen. <laughs> it's it's going to happen once the draft capital cuts in. Um, so Tajay Spears leapt. I'm going to use leapt a lot today. From 11 up <laughs> to 5 for me. I'm in. I was already in, but now I'm in. And he's just special. Um so he moved up quite a ways for me. That's ultimately what bumped Zach Evans down is that I have a new running back five, but I didn't reference my running back four, and that's Roshan Johnson. I really like Roshan Johnson. He jumped from nine to four for me. He went from 10 to seven for you, so he, he, he rose in both of our rankings. Just a big bruising back that I don't think is getting the respect he deserves because he was playing second fiddle to – what most are considering a generational running back in B. John Robinson. I like Roshan Johnson. I'm going to have a lot of Roshan Johnson on my dynasty teams, and I'm extremely excited about his prospects. So what caused you to want to move him up as well? So I agree and I with everything you said, and I had him even higher. The reason I have bumped him down is I was looking at a ton of NFL mocks. Where do you – think he's going to go in the draft um i believe he'll go on day two okay in several of the nfl mocks he is a sixth or seventh round pick i have seen That's, and they have him yeah. going to places like jacksonville and other teams that have a established clear number one so uh, this ranking for me because I don't know shit about the NFL draft process itself and what the teams think and all that, but I've seen him mocked late to a bunch of things, and that scared the shit out of me. Obviously, with running back, it means significantly less than any other position, but it gave me a little pause because I did have him higher, and then as I started tweaking this, I was also going through these NFL mocks for something I'm writing, and I was like, oh, boy, this scares me. So I'm I'm a chicken, and I – didn't have the courage to put him higher from what I'm seeing out of NFL circles. Oh, hey, listen, we each use our own inputs to to get here. And if listen, if he goes on in round six, and that will, you know, this that's our last input, right? Is the draft capital? He'll he'll have to go down for me. I feel like a lot of these running backs are going to go day three. Honestly, um, yeah, yeah. I I wouldn't be surprised if there's five or less running backs that go end of day two. Because a lot of these guys just seem a lot alike, and there's enough depth that you know teams can can wait and prioritize other positions. Yeah, yeah let's play the game real quick. Robinson's potential first rounder does not get through day two. Gibbs is a day two guy for sure. Charbonnet day two, yes, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Now, 
we'll, we'll just kind of go off what I just do the names and my pre combine. Zach Evans. No. Eh, no, no. Day three guy. Tajay Spears. Day two. Probably, yeah. A chain. Day two. Yeah. I think someone will take him late in round three. Bigsby. Day three guy. Correct. Sean Tucker. Day, day three, three guy. guy. <laughs> Kendra Miller. Day three guy. <laughs> right? Yeah, keep going. Johnson. There's nobody else here. <laughs> yeah. Johnson, day, day three probably. McIntosh, definitely day three. Eh, Izzy. Izzy's got some steam. McBride didn't do anything at the combine. Evan Hull had a big combine, but Izzy know, could be McIntosh, McIntosh disappointed. Yeah, Chase I mean, Brown could have snuck into day two. One, There'll be like one or two guys that I think might be like the end of round three. Or, or even early yeah. round four type guys, you know, that's possible. But none of these guys are getting prioritized. No. No, not at all. So it will be interesting to see. But, you know, you rattled off uh, a bunch of names. So you had Izzy Abanaconda at eight. Well, you had eight. Let's start with uh, A-Chain. You had him at six. I had him at five pre-combine. I dropped him to six. I moved Tajay Spears above him. That height and weight just concerns me. And... He didn't look very fluid in the on-field workouts. He's fast as hell, but he's straight line fast. Yeah, he doesn't look like he has those loose hips to me. I mean, he ran into the the the, the standing blocking dummy on that one drill where I was just like, "Well, that shouldn't happen. That thing doesn't move." You, you knew that was there. Um, a little bit of concern that he's straight line fast, and so he's going to be very situational. I could see him dropping a few more pegs to me. The height, the, the height and weight was always a concern. I didn't expect anything different from him, but watching him gave me a little bit of pause as well. Um, you do have Roshan at seven, Izzy at six, Kendry Miller, or sorry, Roshan at seven, Izzy at eight, Kendry Miller at nine, Chase Brown. You're on, You're in. You're in on Chase Brown all the way up Love to him. 10 for you. So after eight chain for me, seven Zach Evans, eight tanks Bigsby. I still I still have love for Tank Bigsby. <laughs> Although he didn't do himself any favors at the combine. Izzy Abanaconda, nine, and Dwayne McBride still holding in my top ten, dropped from seven to ten. Sadly out of sight, out of mind. Kendra Miller is a guy I still like. You have him at nine. I dropped him out of my top ten to eleven. Um so yeah, I'm still I'm kind of like a big eleven for me at this point in time. That's a that's a pretty good tear break for me. So Chase Brown went from having one of the worst senior bowls ever to an amazing combine, and you're back in. Is that is that all it takes? I'm a fan. I'm yeah. telling you, I got the Robert Smith comp in my head, and I can't shake it. That's what I'm seeing, and teams seem to like him. I mean, he was, you know, like I said, I'm doing a lot of NFL mock stuff and I'm reading a bunch of shit and teams seem to like him. So if they like him, it'd be silly for me not to like him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'm the silly one. 9.75 Raz. I mean, he's at 5'9", 209. So he's got the the weight, even though he lacks the height. I mean, he had a 40 inch vert, a 10.7 broad, 4.4340 with a 1.53 split on a 10. I mean, Hard to hard to argue those numbers for for Chase Brown. It's, it's draft capital is going to be necessary for me. I have him at fifteen still. He's just still. I'm just not impressed um, by the player overall. Now we went through twelve guys, and someone we didn't talk about was the top Raz producer at the combine, a Daneric Prince from Mississippi, <laughs> who had a nine point eight four Raz. He is 
five foot eleven six, two hundred and sixteen pounds, ran a four four one, ten four broad, one five three forty yard split, only a thirty five point five vertical, but for his size, he is a fast, a big fast human being that seems to have athleticism that neither of us even talked about. Even through today, I saw you threw him down at 23 for you, just as probably a placeholder because he did so well at the combine. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to have to go back and look. I don't know shit about this guy. No. And there's teams that (laughs) we see it every year. Raiders. There are teams who don't give a shit about any of that. (laughs) You know what I mean? If you put up the big speed numbers, there there are teams that are willing to give you a chance. And uh, like you said, didn't watch a ton of him. Not sure what he's uh, good at, not good at, etc. But he, you know, if he's a special teamer, he, he'll get out there to return kicks. And if there's a, a, a reason to ever give him a chance on the field, they will. Especially if they think he's explosive. So he's worth keeping his name in your head. But, uh, you know, there's a reason we didn't really know much about him prior to the combine. Very true. Okay, well, I think that was enough at the running back position. Now we're going to finish strong with this weak tight end, this weak wide receiver class. A um, little bit of a change at the top for both of us, and it was a big change. We both moved our wide receiver two to wide receiver one. This epic climb for Jackson Smith and Jigba, <laughs> who changed the direction of skills were crazy. 6'1", 200. Did not run the 40 because I believe he's a 4'5 guy. Um and he didn't want to – he's going to go run that at, at Ohio State on the, the downhill track, and we'll all say, okay, checked another box. But, you know, he did enough at the Combine. I can vividly recall 2021 and his domination then, even though he had a lost season in 2022. Neither of us had to move him far from two to one. I have to assume that he – exactly what I said is the reason you moved him above for you, Jordan Addison, for me, Quentin Johnson. Yeah, I mean, he looked looked great at the combine. What are you going to say? And and again, you know, this Ohio State uh, wide receiver tree into the NFL has a proven track record. So there, there's no way you – I don't know how anyone doesn't have him won at this point. Yeah, so it's not, not a lot to say there. Now, Jordan Addison did drop from one to four for you. Is it because he had such a shitty combine? Absolutely. Yeah. Just a giant disappointment. And I loved him. He was, you know, I've, I've written articles, talked about it here quite a bit. Uh, I, I was very let down by those numbers and is his size too. I, I thought he was going to be a little taller, a little, he- not a ton, but a little bit taller, a little bit heavier. And then he ends up coming in light. And we've talked about this with other guys. If you're going to come in light, you have to blow those fucking numbers out of the water. And he did not. No, I mean, it's, it's tough. Yeah, 5'11", 171 pounds, you know, 34-inch vert, so she didn't show explosion. 4'4", 940, not terrible, but for 5'11", 170, it's bad. 1'5", 10-yard split. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's unfortunate. I mean, he still shows where his talent is, and it's during the on-field stuff, but he definitely didn't help himself uh, as far as the combine is concerned. He was my wide receiver three already, and he dropped to four for me. So he's four for both of us, but only moved down one spot for me um, because I do still believe he's an advanced route runner um, who 
will be a decent wide receiver two slash three in the pros. He's never going to be a one in my opinion, but a you know, fantasy wide receiver two slash three um, is valuable enough. You can't have enough of them in your roster. So you are now Jackson Smith and Jigba, Quentin Johnson, Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison. I am now Jackson Smith and Jigba, Quentin Johnson, Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison. Welcome to the Zay Flowers fan club, John. It's, <laughs> you know, it's warm in here. You know, it's bulky. We're rising up the rankings. Zay Flowers is amazing. You could talk about him now because I've already done enough. No, guy, he look, he looked great out there. So put on the weight. I think we talked about it last week uh, or, or the week before. Measurables wise, he's very, very Antonio Brownie now when he added this little bit of weight. So the 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 size is no longer a concern given his measurables. So I'm I'm in. That was my concern. I think I mentioned when we did our, our pre combine rankings. I had him low in that same group with Josh Downs and Tank Dell because they were all undersized. So he's still a bit undersized, but a little bigger than I thought and, you know, did everything well. So he he answered the questions I had before the combine. Yeah, uh, I like it. After that, you still have Kayshawn Boutte at number five. Didn't move him. He's locked in, clearly, as your five. My pre-combine five post combine. He was my seven. He dropped down to nine for me. I can't ignore the fact that he looked like he just didn't give a shit. Uh, yeah. I, uh, there was a lot of humming and hawing here. There's a clear four for me. And then it's like, how, where do I lead this next tier? A lot of that went to uh, his pedigree, right? So everyone was high on him for the last couple of years. A lot of these guys have, not been what we hoped coming out of the the goofball couple of COVID seasons. Again, similar to to Smith and Jigba, I'm also going to take into consideration the logo on the helmet and what I've seen guys from this school do in the NFL. Didn't look bad, but didn't blow it out of the water for me. So I will put him at the top of this next tier. Yeah. LSU lists him at six foot two oh five. He came in at 5'11", 195. Standard. Give him an inch, give him ten pounds. Somehow couldn't <laughs> jump thirty inches in the vertical, a twenty-nine inch vert and a nine ten broad. Just the explosion grades are dreadful. Four five forty, not even good for someone his size. Just literally, just nothing. Nothing good. I mean, he's he's on a downward spiral. This dude was being talked about as like potential like top wide receiver in the class, you know, a year ago, and things have changed uh, at this point in time. But you know, he's still a top ten for both of us. After that, you have Marvin Mims, Cedric Tillman, Jalen Hyatt, Jonathan Mingo, nice Josh Downs as your top ten. For me, it goes. Jalen Hyatt, Josh Downs, Marvin Mims, Cedric Tillman, Keyshawn Boutte, Jonathan Mingo. So who do you want to talk about out of the remainder of that top ten? I I have Jalen Hyatt here just because I think he's going to get the draft capital. That's if there's one there. if there is one guy I am not going to draft anywhere, no matter how far he falls, unless it's the the late fourth, which obviously is never happening, uh, it's him. I am just getting Kevin White vibes all over the place. I am not sold on him one bit. Yeah, I'm 
I agree. I mean, like you said, Lane's airline has him as the, you know, potential top wide receiver or has him as the top wide receiver on his list. I mean, came in at six foot flat, 176 pounds, just lean, did well, you know, in the explosion drills, good in the speed drills as well. Four, four, you know, he is a, did okay. A, For somebody we thought little. might be the fastest receiver. Four, four, eight, yeah, three. exactly. Didn't did not do that. So that's also why he's still holding court for me. There, there's other guys I like more than him. I like Marvin Mims flat out more than him. So I, I yes. might have to make that switch myself. Landing spot for some of these guys is is going to be dependent. But I respect you for putting Tillman above Hyatt. I'm I'm close there with only a few spots different between them. Tillman's the better receiver, in my opinion, and lumping those two together because whoever doesn't know, they're both Tennessee volunteer wide receivers. Tillman was supposed to be the guy. Hylett just kind of exploded this past year with Hendon Hooker. So love have that you have Tillman at seven. Said I have him at eight. I'm going to have my fair share of, of Tillman as well. And then Johnny Mingo, buddy, nine for you, ten for me. He might continue to climb. I love what I saw from this guy. We don't have a lot of bigger bodied receivers in this class. And Jonathan Mingo certainly qualifies. Yeah. Every year. I mean, we always find a couple guys that we love and they're our artificial fantasy 40 guys. He's the uh, leader in the clubhouse right now. But yeah, I'm giant, giant fan of the giant man. Yeah. Listen, 4.4640. We were just talking about how Jalen Hyde disappointed with a four, four flat. So you know, step for step with him is is six foot one and a half, two hundred and twenty pound, twenty two on the bench press. Jonathan Bingo, who almost jumped forty inches, and ten yes, ten please. nine broad. Just give me yes. all the athleticism on a six foot, roughly two, two hundred and twenty pound human being. Yes, please. Yes, yes, I'm. I am here for it. All right. After that top 10, we're not going to run down the entirety of the rest of this list. Was there one or two other guys outside of that top 10 list for you that rose enough that you want to talk about them? Uh, Nobody who really wowed me the rest of the way out here. I I would like to talk about Tank Dell, who, you know, similar to we had mentioned with Jalen Hyatt and with Jordan Addison, undersized guy, looked great at the senior bowl. Even being small looked good against a lot bigger corners, but same thing, just his size, and he you have to really blow it out of the water to to you know have that chance of succeeding at the next level, and he really didn't at the combine. So Tank Dell was a big faller for me and went from eleven to seventeen. And I still like the player, but I, I'm just too concerned about his measurables after his knowing what his size is. Yeah. Tank Dell dropped down in my top 20. So uh, I'm there with you. He was 13 for me. Some of these bigger guys that tested better have pushed him down, you know, like the, the Tyler Scott's, the AT Perry's of the world, even Charlie Jones, Charlie football, who I thought you would talk about, but surprisingly you still have him down at 24. For you, I, I think his on-the-field work at the Combine put him squarely in my crosshairs. Um, so definitely want to talk about him. And then also Trey Palmer, who I was, was a little bit in on. He was he was 20 for me going in. I liked what I saw from Trey Palmer. Um, and for those of you who don't know, he's he was an LSU guy as well that just couldn't get on the field at, at LSU. So he had to go look elsewhere. Um, and, and that ended up being in Nebraska and he had a massive season in 2022. So 
he's a guy that I think you pay a little bit more attention to. You know, you'll be uh, working him up your rankings. I see you have him at 20 still. I only moved him up to 19, so he didn't drop for me. He just moved up a little bit. Some guys did leap him, but I am a Trey Palmer fan. Yeah, I don't hate him. I don't, I, you know, th- we get really, really fluid here, especially after we start factoring the draft capital. I mean, the, he can easily right now jump over Tank Dell. You know what I mean? I, I like Dontavian Wicks, who I have down here. I like Andre Sovius, Xavier Hutchinson. I could move down or up. It doesn't matter. So, yeah, there's a lot of fluidity here depending on what, you know, happens at pro days or what we see, you know, obviously on the drafts is going to be a big measuring stick here, especially for the guys that we have lower. I mean, as much as I like – I like Rakeem Jarrett. I've liked him for a couple of years. But mm-hmm. same thing, if Rakeem Jarrett ends up end of the sixth round – Bye-bye, Rakeem Jarrett, you know. So you get a lot more fluidity down here once we have a landing spot in the the draft capital. What about your boy Jaden Reed? I still like him. I mean, where did I have him before? 7 to 12? Uh, Not necessarily a ding on him. I'm trying to look who jumped him. I mean, Mingo jumped him. That's definitely reasonable. He was already behind. The same thing with Michael Wilson. That, that duo kind of fell a little bit, but that's because I probably had Mims too low to start. Um, Mingo, obviously. Downs jumped. Uh, no, Downs was above him before. So a little little shake up there. It's not necessarily a ding. I mean, he's still in my wide receiver one group. He's still a top 12 guy. So I'm, I'm, I'm still a fan. He could slide up. I, I'm not, still not impressed with Josh Downs. I could probably move him over Downs. Yeah, I think Josh Downs better real life football player than athletic tester. So I'm only going to ding him so much because I think he's he's going to be a round two guy as well. So I'm not going to be moving him down too far. And yeah, I'm, I'm there he's with you on Jaden Reed in the first. Yeah, I'd believe it. I mean, I, I no, I don't believe it. I don't think he goes in the first <laughs> personally. Um, that's a bridge too far for me. But anything's possible. Um, speaking of Jaden Reed, I had him 15. He did move up for me to 13. So little bit of progression um, on his end. So any other wide receivers that you want to talk about before we have one or two more tampering updates that need to be discussed? No. And like I said, the, the just because I've been doing a lot of these articles, looking at these NFL mocks, it, it did impact a lot of this. Like I said, I've seen downs mocked in the first. I've seen mocks where Zay Flowers is the first wide receiver off the board. I've seen others where he isn't even drafted in the first round. So I, I've seen some with Smith and Jigba, not a first round pick. So th- there have been quite a a lot of discrepancies depending on which you know website you're looking at and who's putting out these mocks. So it'll be interesting when the draft actually comes because there seems to be a lot of variance, even just between different authors. I, I agree. And we are, what, a mere month and a half away from the NFL draft? And then we'll be five weeks, I think, from this weekend. And rolling. Okay. All right. So, so we're off of this. Let's close with a little. Mike White agrees to a two-year deal with the Jets. Miami Dolphins. Hmm. Well. Interesting. There goes my Skylar Thompson shares. <laughs> interesting. Um. Also, in this, not directly, but the Kansas City Chiefs gave free agent Jawan Taylor a four-year, $80 million deal to include $60 million guaranteed. They had Orlando Brown, who's also a free agent, 
and they opted for Jawan Taylor. So I have to assume Orlando Brown is looking for far north of $20 million a year, but they still went and just reinforced the tackle position for um, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, Orlando Brown landed in Kansas City because he couldn't come to a fucking contract mm-hmm. with Baltimore. So he's Baltimore. he is he has proven to be a person who mm-hmm. obviously values no, his talent more than <laughs> NFL teams do. Yeah, yeah, I'm there with you. Um, the only other thing of significance, and this isn't a move yet, but I don't know. Did you see that your boy Austin Eckler has requested permission to seek a trade? You sent it to me. Oh, yeah, as, as contract negotiations have stalled with the Los Angeles Chargers running back, that would be bonkers, right? The the Him moving isn't the crazy thing for him, right? Because any team that's going to acquire him is going to use him like they should use him, you would think. The, the bonkers thing is what the fuck do the Chargers do? I mean, that changes their entire draft. That changes – what do they do with Spiller from last year? It's, and he's such a key piece of that Chargers offense. I mean, I think if he leaves, you have to downgrade everybody. A hair. Yeah, he, Not, he is you know. in the last year of a four-year, $24.5 million deal where he gets $6.25 million cash this year. He is also 27. He's trying to turn 28 yep. before the season starts. So he knows this is it. For yeah. him, I think his game could persist for another two to three years if he's used right, like he's been begging to be used for the last couple of years, where it's yeah. stop trying to give me 20 carries a game, you know, give me like eight to 10 and throw it to me as much as you want, where I'm not taking these big shots. But I understand why he's doing it. Um, I also understand why the Chargers want to see what teams are willing to pay running backs right now, because it doesn't seem like anyone wants to pay running backs <laughs> at, at this point in time that hopefully that will, in their opinion, would dampen his market. But going to be interesting here's a team for you you ready they got the money and they got the draft picks to make the deal bears that would be but well one it would not be good for austin eckler he said that (laughs) wouldn't be bad anywhere he's not getting dumped down especially after they just traded for dj Moore. they have chase claypool they have um darnell mooney they have cole Komet. they have a mobile quarterback that would that would crater austin eckler's fantasy value you don't think they would scheme those passes to him you think he'd get 100 catches he had 107 catches last year oh he's not getting that anywhere else no maybe 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 denver maybe i was gonna say i was gonna say how about denver they just caught chase edmonds and uh sean payton loves throwing it to the running back that would but that's in division they're not doing that no but denver's then denver's the correct answer It's the only answer. All right, listen, send them to the Saints. Old, old Sean Payton. They're going to not have Alvin Kamara for Lord no, same, long. Same, same OC. Yeah, it wouldn't yeah. make a difference. Yeah, exactly. Send them to the Saints. Let them finish out there. I think he's going to end up being a charge when it's all said and done. They'll probably do like a one-year extension with amount of guaranteed through next year. Slight bump in his pay. I don't know where he is as far as the running give, back no, contracts are concerned. And that, that third year is a total out for the Chargers. And even year two potentially if he falls flat. But like you said, his 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 game will lend to playing into his thirties. So I don't he, he's yeah, not nearly so. as risky as you know the Zeke Elliott contract. No, they're saying that his annual contract value is at twelve point two million, a three year thirty eight million dollar deal would put him at RB three 
is is what he's doing. That's on par with like the Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones, James Conner, and Dalvin Cook contracts. Which that's fair. Yeah, I mean it's more than fair. Probably where he deserves to be. I mean James Conner's a shorter term deal, but Aaron Jones is twelve million per. Dalvin Cook's twelve six, and Alvin Kamara's fifteen million in his deal. So Austin Eckler's is right <laughs> uh, to be uh, requesting permission to seek a trade. Someone give him a new deal. But that's all we got in the, the free agent talks right now, or sorry, in the, yeah, in the tampering talks right now. But I like that we were able to rock through all of these updates on our post-combine draft. We'll be having a few guests coming up in the coming weeks before we get to the post-NFL draft final <laughs> Fantasy 40 rankings. And then we'll be talking about Dynasty rookie draft season. Can't come soon enough. My panties are all wet. Just saying that. Ooh. And Aaron Rodgers still hasn't told anybody where he intends to play football. Oh, he's the year. fucking biggest asshole ever. I love him. Yeah. I, I like him more every day. It's all about him. <laughs> it's yeah, amazing. Yeah. All about him. All right. Get us out of here, Johnny. Uh, it'll do it. We're taking a week off. So don't look for us next week. There'll be no podcast. And then, uh, like Walk said, we got some guests coming up heading into the draft. And that will be that. So, for myself, John Navarri, my co-host, Matt Walker, and our friends at Expand the Box Score, we are the Fantasy 40, and we are out of here. That's a cereal. That's a cereal swig. No one's, no one's sipping gravy like that. Soup. Soup? <laughs> I would have I bet $1,000. It was a bowl Listen, of milk. What, what kind of animal would I be? To be chugging broth. Eating cereal <laughs> at two o'clock in the afternoon. Have cereal <clears throat> for dinner sometime. Never seen anyone drink broth like that. Impressed. There's still a lot to you. And and listen, this is this is how I actually eat cereal too. I don't finish it all when it's either cereal or soup. I leave a nice little bit left over. And then I'm usually, even if it's cereal, I want some cereal in with the milk that I'm swallowing. And I want oh. the same with my soup. So there was a healthy amount of noodles in there as well, which is why it took me two tries at it. <laughs> what, kind, what kind of soup? What, what were you having? What was it? Uh, that was just a little top ramen chicken right there. Just Now, see, I don't. The, back to my the, college the, days, but I'm also on the tail end of a little stomach bug. So that's why I had to. I don't, that's the I don't first like thing I the end. I don't like the leftover of the ramen. No, no, because that all that fucking—I don't even know what to call it—all that sediment <laughs> yeah. goes to the bottom. So all you're like chicken flavor, like drinking the liquid powder. Yeah. Oh yeah, the chicken base. Yeah, I mean, too much. I felt as though it was necessary. Like I had to. I had to get that. And here, here's this may be part of your. I strategy. hate chicken soup. How about that? Just regular chicken it. noodle soup. All of it. I just, I'm not a chicken noodle vegetable I soup take fan. It leave it. Yeah, I, I listen. You know, I'm not feeling my best if I'm eating anything that says has chicken and noodle in the title. So, I'll give me a that, creamy one, like a home style. Give me one that's ooh, like got like a creamy. Totally I'm out. Creamy anything. Creamy anything. Really? Out. Out. Wow. Really? See? Yes. Give me the cream. Although, except tomato. Creamy tomato, I'm in. Tomato, tomato <laughs> bisque. Yeah, now we're talking. <laughs>
right? Or even yeah. just the creamy Campbell's creamy tomato, not even yep. the bisque. I don't know what makes a bisque. I guess the bisque is a lot like the creamy. I think tomato. bisque has some, has, yeah, like, I don't know. It's thicker. Bisque. It's thicker. That's all I know. Throw the word bisque in there. It's thicker. It's just like a Seinfeld episode. <laughs> with, with, uh, with, with your ramen. If this is gonna, huh? I, I think I know what you're gonna say because I. So you prepare your ramen. Are you cracking or chopping up those noodles? Um, I do one break. It's already like two sheets together, so I take mm. it that way, and then I break it so it turns it into like. So that's why four. you've got a little. You've got more noodles in the bottom than I do. See, I I oh, try just, to keep the mm. block in complete integrity as much as possible. And then I just eat it like a uh, thin Chinese spaghetti soup. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they just they, it, it's not going to spiral it water's, fork. The water's not going to get it appropriately if you don't break it up, unless you're like dealing with like a big pot. You just need to get that thing down into the two cups of water. So. I actually usually cook it in like uh, a Tupperware square, like for a fucking sandwich. Oh, uh, so you and put I enough water in to cover yeah. it. Gotcha. Then I microwave it. I put the exact amount of water necessary in there so I don't have a lot of broth on the end. So I'm, I'm cooking her down a little bit. So mine's thicker. There's one time I let it sit on the stove intentionally for like a half hour, lidded. And when I took it off, all the liquid absorbed into the noodles. There was no liquid left. Oh, it was, it was delicious, delicious, I bet. It was yeah. great. It was great. I got rid of all the broth. It was a, all a ramen. It was like rice. It's like you making rice. sell it at a restaurant. Yeah, it was phenomenal. With with the I, I now like I let it sit longer now, so it's actually less chicken noodles with a ramen sauce reduction. <laughs> Viola, chef's kiss. <laughs> no, I'll, like you said, you'll cook the liquid out. You know what I'll do? I'll heat it. I'll cook the noodles, and then when the noodles are satisfactory, I will pour a significant portion of that liquid out. And then oh. make the broth stronger because there's less fucking liquid in there. I feel like you're losing out on some of the flavor then. <clears throat> no, it's a stronger flavor. Because I, I, you pour the liquid I out. Oh, you're pouring the liquid out before you put the, the correct. flavor base. Ah, gotcha. Okay. I'm with you. I'm getting twice the flavor. <laughs> I'm double dipping. Heavy flavor. Yeah, okay. I'm I'm here for it. You're trying to accomplish the same thing I am. It's the as least liquid as possible. Yeah. Huh. Right. But I like the right. yeah. I like I like to eat it in like three bites. I like to fucking get as many spin in my fork in there. Doesn't take me long to get rid of that. I'm not even a fan. Like I got the beef one too. The beef is ten times better than the chicken. Like that's something like you could make like an Asian dish out of. Like a teriyaki? You let that reduce? I'll tell you what. Throw a little veggie in there with some sort of meat. Be in in a happy place. My time working at the prison, uh, I had access to flavors of ramen I didn't even know existed. And there are some pretty good ones out there. There are. I get those, like, bowls. Like, not these cheapo, like, little, you know, top ramen ones. They actually have, like... Ramen bowls. I forget who makes them, like Nissen or Missin or something like that. And I had one. I forget what it was. It was like a like a beef teriyaki. I had another that was I forget what it was like shrimp something. They were they were amazing. They were so good. The, there's a a spicy lime. Oh, 
I had a spicy something. It was definitely wasn't lime. Oh uh, yeah, there's a lime. Yeah, yeah. The, the prison yeah, has pretty. You can find some special ones when you're incarcerated. Yeah, well, listen, yeah. they're workshopping them on the prisoners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's see what flies here. These guys the like them. Pork one's gross. fucking gross. The pork, not gross, but it's not good. Which one? The pork ain't pork. Nah, Any nah. pork flavored ones? Nah. <clears throat> nah. I mean, what 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 is pork flavor? Honestly, it looks like fat. Squeeze, you know? squeeze a fucking pig's nose <laughs> squeeze juice out of a That's fucking pig snout short of bacon the rest of pork is like it takes on the flavor of whatever you cook it with it's really the fat and pig that's the flavor so what are we flavoring with here <laughs> you don't want to know i have any issues with anything that's pork flavored all right i mean any anything that this. Any flavored thing is bad news. Even fruit, like unless it's made with real whatever. Like how the fuck you're telling me this piece of rubbery plastic candy? You somehow imparted the flavor of a fucking banana into it. What? Well, it's like all what? these, all these, all these like flavor enhancers like you can put in your water to make them taste better. I'm like, there's no way this is healthy for you. Like Mio and all that stuff. No, that's poison. Yeah, got to be yeah. poison. There's no other choice. Rotten. Rotten me from the inside. Yeah, I'm just like oh, I'm drinking water. I got up here, but it's water in a plastic container, so it's killing my test. That's what John told me last week. It's in a plastic bottle. It's killing my test. Fucking, it's it's awful for you. <laughs> that whole combination. Like, I mean, even like the packaged flavored water, like the smart water, which tastes like absolute shit. I've never had a smart water. I thought this is delicious. It was like my best episode last week. What was the smart water episode? Oh, I can <laughs> terrible. But that I mean, Water same fruit. thing. What? How is this dragon fruit flavored? What horrific nightmare? Cock- huh? Dragon fruit's weird looking. Ever see it? Yeah. Weird looking. Don't taste like it. Have you, have you bought it? Have you ever bought one? I, I've seen it. No, I'm not going to buy it. Yeah. It don't taste like, it tastes like nothing really. Pretty. Yeah. It's, it's the pretty. fruit equivalent of an avocado. Oh, <laughs> like, um, I got like 10 avocados in my fridge right now. What are you talking about? I love avocados. I don't think they have any flavor. To me, really? it's like eating a, you know. Wow. I, tastes like a, a buttery cloud. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds phenomenal. <laughs> Lightly buttered cloud. <laughs> going to get me one right after this podcast. <laughs> but a dragon fruit similar. Like, it's not, it's not a very Butter strong cloud. flavor. It's cool yeah. looking. It just, the outside's it all looks like it's crazy. From, it looks like it's from Avatar or something. Oh, it's not. It yeah. Yeah, Unworldly. It's not from this planet. Yeah, it's from another planet. Once you start digging into the Southeast Asian fruit, you get some weird shit. You ever see a, a rambutan? Yes. Yeah, it's got fur on the outside. Fucking insane. That looks like a yeah. Dr. Seuss creation. And then the inside what is is those little like pearls. It's like right? a grape. But it's got a huge seed in it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fucking how would you imagine some yeah, imagine if you didn't know anything and someone sat you down and put a fucking dragon fruit and like eight rambutans in front of you. Like, fuck am I gonna do with this? <laughs> this is a this is a bowl of <laughs> I'll make this stuff up, John. 
<laughs> Mayo and my test killer. <laughs> well, vitamin B. What are those like? The color. Bio energies. Extra vitamin B, C, blah, blah, blah. Sure. At, least, at least with some tang, you're on the same oh, regiment as the astronauts. Tang. I miss those days. They sell tang. All right. Let's get <laughs> let's get rolling on this. My wife's gonna yell at me when she comes home anyway. You're sick. Why are you doing this? <clears throat> I'll, I'll go with the eleven minute mark. All right. I'm gonna talk a little bit uh early tampering before we get into it. You you lead the way. <clears throat> <clears throat> Will do. Hasn't been anything. What? Steer right one. Swing at 11.15. 